This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, we've been talking about for a few weeks now, we've been talking about unearthing, unearthing truth, unearthing truth. And uh, that truth genuinely is a treasure. The, the, the truths that we are unearthing are the promises of Almighty God. And I don't know how much you have looked into the promises of God, but I'd like to begin that process of launching out into a few of the promises of God and challenge you oh, what is right there at your fingertips if you want it. And uh, there are blessings that have been promised to Abraham. Are you all familiar with Abraham? You know? And there are blessings promised to him and pronounced upon him and all. Well, let me restate that. There are promised blessings that have been promised to obedient Abraham. Is there a difference? Yes. Big, big difference. And so says Moses, listen what is recorded here in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1 it says now it shall come to pass when you hear that word it's like my ears perk up it shall come to pass this is going to happen this is going to happen now it shall come to pass here's that conditional word if you diligently obey. Is, is, is the word diligently, does that impact this word obey? Yes. Wow. I mean, this is wholehearted, not half-hearted. You know, I mean, you can have people who half-heartedly obey God, you know, half-hearted. But he says here, if... You diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe, what's that word say? Carefully. 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 If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all, and, and what percentage is all? 100%. 100%. And y'all may get tired of me asking you that question, but when we're reading through the Bible and we see these words such as all or fully or everything, and it's talking about 100%, it does change the impact of the passage when you understand what he's talking about here. And he says, if you, if you, and you could say, well, this is Deuteronomy, Pastor Ron. This is people who were around hundreds, thousands of years ago. Are you sure this is talking to us? Yes, I'm sure. As you study the Bible, you'll find out the things that were written of old were for us in this day and time. But it will spell it out and it will make it very clear. He says, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all. What percentage is that? 100%. 100%. If you will carefully observe all his commandments, which I command to you today, that the Lord 
your God will set you high. He'll set you high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2 says, and this is if you diligently obey, you know, and observe carefully, you know, the, the voice of the Lord God, his commands. He says, and all, there again, 100%, all these blessings. Oh, we're going to read about some blessings here. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. They're going to overcome you. I mean, you see a guy running down a football field, running as fast as his legs will carry him, and he's carrying a football, and then his opponents overtake him. They catch up with him. And do you think God has the capacity to catch up with you? Yes. I think he does. And he says it here, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. The blessings of God are going to come upon you. They're going to catch up with you. They're going to you know, uh, encompass you, overtake you. The blessings of Almighty God. That's what he's saying. Now, this is not that you're out just, you're trying to find every blessing you can find. A whole, these blessings are trying to get a hold of you. They're chasing you down, and I'll guarantee you, if God wants them to catch you, they will catch you. That's just the truth of it. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Verse 3 says, Blessed shall you be in the city. So if you live in a city, God says you're blessed. And blessed shall you be in the country. If you're in the country or anywhere in between there, you're blessed. Verse 4 says, Blessed shall you be. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. That's talking about your children, your grandchildren and so forth. The produce shall be blessed of your ground and the increase of your herds and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. They shall be blessed. And verse 5 says, and blessed shall be your basket. That's what you got your groceries in, you know, and your kneading bowl. That's when you're preparing your groceries and all. Blessed. It's all going to be blessed. Blessed shall you be when you come in. That's what he's talking about. Blessed shalt thou be when you come in. Oh, I, I'm blessed. <laughs> and blessed shalt thou be when you go out. And blessed shalt you be when you come in again. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> I tried to come out, but I locked myself out of that door on the other side. And, and, and I, I won't even explain it all. But I was locked out. But you know, I was blessed. I got in again. And he says here, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. I mean, it's every which way you go, you're blessed. If you diligently 
obey. obey the voice of Almighty God. And God never says something to us that's hurtful or harmful to us. It's a blessing. God wants you to succeed more than you want to succeed. That's just the truth of it. And then he goes on to say in verse 7, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up to hurt you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and they'll flee before you seven ways. I mean, they're trying to get out of Dodge. They come sneakily up on you, but they're fleeing in every which way. They're scattering. And he says in verse 8, the Lord will command. The Lord will command. And, and you know what these are? These are command months. It's a manufacturer's handbook. You might go, I don't like being told what to do. I don't want to put gasoline in my car tank. I want to put diesel fuel in it. <laughs> so don't command me to put gasoline in my car. I don't like being told what to do. You know what? It's only so you can have great access to travel. Because it don't work with diesel fuel unless you have a diesel fuel Using vehicle, right? Well, he says here, verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Well, that's where you've accumulated some stuff. And in all, what percentage is that? 100%. Listen, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. What are you setting your hand to? How many of you guys work? What the rest of you guys do? <laughs> whether you're working in your home, whether you're working some, or you're working on a farm, or you're working in a business, it don't matter if you wear blue jeans to work or if you wear a suit to work. But he says he commands, he commands his blessing on you in your storehouses. And in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. He says, you're a holy people to me. When, when we keep the commands of Almighty God, and it's only for our benefit, we will be far more successful. We'll be far more blessed in everything we set our hand to when we diligently Obey him. That's what he's telling us to do. And verse 9 says, And the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Verse 11, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods, plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The, verse 12 says the Lord will open to you his good treasure. He's going to open his good treasure to, to you and, and it'll overtake you. He, it says here, the Lord will open to you his good treasure in the heavens uh, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all 100% of 
all the work of your hand. He said that twice. He's going to bless all the work of your hand. He's going to bless all the work of your hand. How many of you want God to bless the work of your hand? Yes. Whatever you're doing, you want him to bless it. You shall lend to many, but, but you shall not borrow. You won't have no need to borrow. Is that okay with you guys? That you have an abundance so you can help other people out, but you don't have to borrow. That'd be okay, I think. Verse 13 says, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Does that appeal? Mm -hmm. Now, when I read that passage, what flashes in my mind, a costume party. And here comes one of the the costumes, and it's a costume of a horse. And, And it takes two people to wear this hot costume, and the person in the front whose head is in the head of the horse, legs go down into the front legs of the horse, And the other half of the costume is the rear end of a horse. And 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 there's somebody down there in the backside of the horse, and they're having to go around like this. They can't see where they're going. Would you rather be the head or the tail? The head. I'd rather be the head, you know? Well, the Bible says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above, what's that? Only. You shall be above only. And not be beneath if you heed or you observe the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. I'm I'm careful. I'm diligent. I, I want to know the commands. I want to know the promises of Almighty God. There are so much treasures here that you can unearth. If, if I found a spot in your yard and w- with a metal detector, and I said, I can tell by the beep, 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 there's gold right down here. And by the amount, it's probably worth about $10 million. You probably wouldn't even bother digging it up, would you? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something. The treasures that are hidden here are far, far more valuable than $10 million. Brings about transformation in your life and the life of your loved ones. It, it makes a difference of heaven and hell. It makes a difference of prayers being answered or not. It's discovering and accessing and understanding how to release the promises of God in your life. Let me see if I can figure out where I'm at here. Okay, I'll go through verse 13 again. It says, The Lord will make you the head, not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed, if you heed, if you observe, if you do the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and you're careful to observe them. Verse 14 says, So you shall not turn aside from any of the the words which I command you this day. You won't turn to the right or to the left. Or go after other gods to serve them. From verse 1, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 through verse 14, is all these blessings that were pronounced upon Abraham. Upon Abraham and his children and grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren, etc., etc., for, you know, Throughout all time. Anyhow. He says here picking up in verse 15. But. 
You're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. But verse 15 says, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God. It's like, you don't obey the voice of the Lord your God. He says, but, whoops. Drop my microphone there, guys. He says here, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Um, let me just ask you, because a lot of people vote and they make their decisions. Would you vote for blessings upon you? Or would you vote for curses upon you? Blessings. Blessings. And he says here, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all the curses will come upon you. Hmm. The curses, because you didn't choose to obey. The curses are going to come upon you and overtake you. It's just like me stepping outside and going, hey, it's raining out there. Come on in where it's dry. We got food and, and we got singing. We're going to have a great time. Come on in, you. Nah. And you're standing out there and you're wondering, well, how come I'm getting so wet and nobody else is getting wet? Why don't you just obey the invitation? Come on in where it's dry. Why don't we obey what Almighty God wants to do? He says in verse 16, Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. And everywhere it said you will be blessed, the scripture in Deuteronomy it says you're going to be cursed, plus many, 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 many more, because you will not obey the commands. And they're not just like recommendations. Those are commands. It's a manufacturer's handbook. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what makes you blessed. And that's what he wants to take place in your life. Now listen to what it says. Is it okay that I read Deuteronomy 28 and didn't even let you read a passage there? Yes. <laughs> Did you read Galatians? Yeah. And, and that's what I had said, verse uh, 15 through verse 68, is all the curses that have come upon us if we disobey and don't obey Almighty God diligently. Verse 1 through 14 is all the blessings. But listen to this. That was Old Testament. Now we're going to the New Testament. Galatians 3.13. Christ hath redeemed us from he the curse. He has redeemed us. He has freed us. He has freed us. Have you ever heard the word redeemed? Yes. Have you ever heard, and I actually saw this. I don't remember where it was at and what town it was in. But there was a huge building. It was called the Redemption Center. It wasn't a church either. It was where they buy back bottles. And they buy all the bottles back. They pay you. They, they redeem their bottle and they clean it up and they refill it and to provide, provide for somebody else. But this right here is, is talking about Christ has redeemed us. He's bought us back. He's redeemed us. He's he's. He's freed us. The Emancipation Proclamation, he's freed us from an old master, if you would. 
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us from the curse we were just reading about if we disobeyed him. He, he has freed us from all these curses that Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 15 to 68 says. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. Did, did you know that Jesus was made a curse? He never ever sinned, never did anything wrong, not one thing. But he was made a curse for you. Because you've sinned, and that opened up curses upon you. Because the consequences of just the nature of sin. And it says here, it says, Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law. Are you in us? Yes. Are you in us? Are you included in this? Yes. Christ has, go ahead please. Redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. He was made a curse. I don't know if you ever saw the movie called The Passion of Christ. But you should, even if it's hard to watch. You should watch it. It's biblically accurate. It's the most accurate rendition of what happened to Jesus before the crucifixion. It is 100% accurate. And I think we should see it because he took what he went through in that one little movie, he took it in our place. We should have had all that that took place on him. And it says here, For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Did, did Jesus ever hang on a tree? Yes. What did they call that tree? The cross. A cross. Now, uh, this is in the New Testament. And it links into the curses that was pronounced in the Old Testament. He's redeemed us. He's freed us. He has freed us from the curse because he took the curse upon himself. And it was prophesied, the curse is everybody who hangs on a tree. And it shows he hung on a tree for a curse, but not his own. For the consequences of sin in our life, he took it. For us. And now listen to what it says here. Gal and, go ahead. Galatians 3.29 says, And if you are Christ's. If you are Christ's. If you belong to him. If you belong to Jesus. Then you are Abraham's seed. Now, now hold on here a second. It says, if you're a Christian, if you have received Christ into your life, you're Abraham's seed. You are Abraham's seed. This is New Testament, but it's talking about the Old Testament. The, the seed of Abraham means the children and the grandchildren, the great-great-grandchildren, all the way down. And the Bible says it right here. If you belong to Jesus, if you've welcomed Jesus into your life and you are his, then you are Abraham's seed. You are the seed of Abraham. And there's a song we used to sing, you know, years ago. It goes, I am the seed of Abraham, and his blessings rest on me. I am the seed of Abraham, I'm not moved by what I see. Jesus was made a surety, and that's what I believe. I'm the seed of Abraham, and his blessings rest on me. I'm the seed of Abraham. Uh, this is talking about New and Old Testament, how they merge together. 
Christ came to us in the New Testament. And it says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And then it says here in Galatians 3.29, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The promises we read from Deuteronomy 28, 1-14, we are heirs to all those promises. Everywhere you go, everything you set your hand to, in the city, in the country, if you're going in, if you're going out, your food, your animals, your children, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. He says, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you're the seed of Abraham. And all the promises, the promises to Abraham are for you. That's what it's talking about. It bridges Old and New Testament together right here. And listen to what it says here in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Hold on. Have you, just think about it. Have you ever wavered when the Bible said something? It says you can do this and he's going to do that. And, and you can do this and he's going to do that. Have, have you ever, well, I don't really know if that's true. Think about it for a moment. And the Bible, God gave Abraham some fantastic promises. Fantastic promises he's gonna have a son, and he was him and his wife were barren. They, they they couldn't have no children. Does anybody know how old Abraham was when he had his first son? Around a hundred? Uh, just so we can get that picture. Would somebody stand up who's hundred years old so we can look you <laughs> over for a moment? What if we feel hundred years old? Okay, feel hundred. That's close. That's close. Okay. <laughs> And Sarah was about 90, but God had promised Abraham, you're going to have children. You're going to have more children than the sands on the sea, and you're going to have more children than the stars in the sky. That's what God promised Abraham. That's, that's what he promised him. Abraham, Abraham never, never wavered. wavered. Never. Never, ever, 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 ever. He never wavered. In believing God's promise. In fact... His faith grew stronger. His faith grew stronger. And in this, what did he do? He brought glory to God. He brought glory. He brought honor to God because he just kept on believing. Ah, you know, sometimes because there is a delay, we think the, the answer to a prayer is no because of a delay. Have you ever been delayed before? Mm-hmm. Is that always a negative thing? No. Have you ever been driving along and there was an accident on the road somewhere and you're going, man, I was just fussing a few minutes ago because all this traffic backed up and I had to, and, and it slowed me down and I'm not going to get where I want to be. I'm going to be 20 minutes late now. But and the, have you ever stopped and said, you know what? If I had not been delayed, I may have been in an accident. I don't know if you've ever thought that out, mm-hmm. but she's like, you know what? Abraham... He never wavered. What God said in years past, in years past, and God fulfilled what he had promised to Abraham and his wife Sarah. So it says Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced. Now, now, there's a new word, fully. What percentage is fully? 100%. Abraham was 100% convinced. He was convinced of what? That God is able to do whatever he promises. Are you 
convinced that God will do what he promised? Yes. Are you 100% convinced? Yes, fully. I'll tell you what, the man or the woman who gets into these, the, the book of promises and discovers them, and you discover as you read them, you go, wow, this changes my situation because faith comes by hearing. As I read the promises of God, my faith increases, and my prayers are being answered in a higher degree than they ever have before because I'm reading a fine print. And this is the book of promises that God has given unto us. And he says, he, Abraham, was fully, fully convinced. convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And he is, 100%. Psalm 28, verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength. And my shield. You ever need strength? Yes. You, you, you ever feel like you're 100 years old? <laughs> Somebody told us that a while ago, didn't they? <laughs> and sometimes we need strength. Says, the Lord's my strength. He gives me strength that I just don't originally have. And he also gives me strength. He's my strength and my shield. Shield. Now, how many of you drove to church today? Or you rode in some kind of a vehicle? Did you have a windshield on your car? Yes. Is it important to have a windshield? Yes. Can you imagine driving in the rain? Driving in the snow. I, I drove down south one time in the snow. And it was like the hardest thing in the world because the snowflakes was coming at you, you know, but the windshield blew them away. And I don't know about you, I've got a crack in my windshield right now where a rock came up from a truck. It hit me. It would have went right between my eyes because that's where it's at on the windshield. But the windshield protected me. The Bible says that the Lord is your strength and the Lord is your shield. That's one of his promises. That's a promise. I claim that. And see, you learn as time progresses when you're praying, you, you, you pray the word, you pray the promises. Father, you said you're my strength and my shield and I got a lot to do today and it don't seem like I got enough time to get it done, but you are my strength. And you are my shield. You are my protector. That's what you say. That's a promise. And you can claim that promise. You can access that promise for your very own. Exodus 15, verse 26 says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He does what? He heals us. Do we ever need healing? Yes. Is it okay to ask God to heal us? Yes. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And then he gives us some insight on one of the things that makes it happen. Psalms 107 verse 20. He sent his word. Wait a minute. He sent what? His word. and God healed. sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Plural. Destructions. He sent his word to heal them. I'll tell you, my first year as a pastor... I was in New Haven. We was there for a year. But we started a Bible study right away here in Southington. 42, no, I was probably about 43 years ago. Anyhow, we'd been married for two years, just got out of Bible school. We went together. And uh, there was something going on in my body. And I'd wrestled with something for a, a good little while. And I was convinced that I was going to die. As a young fellow. And, and I knew I had to fight against this. And I went and got my Bibles. And I got a Strong's Concordance. I don't know if you know what a Strong's Concordance is. 
Strong's concourse is about this wide, about this tall, and about this thick. And it's just got thousands of words per page. Where you can look up every scripture in the Bible, even where it says it or and or duh, whatever. You can look it up every time. And every time the Bible says heal or healeth or healing or anything related to that topic, I looked up everywhere in the whole Bible. And then I turned there and I read before and after it. I read what the Bible had to say about healing. Hours and hours and hours and hours I read and I studied. And before I got to the very last verse about healing, boom, something went off inside of me. It was like, oh, I'm okay. I'm going to be fine. It went off inside of me. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. hearing and hearing the word of God. Would you read that verse one more time for me? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. He sent them. his word and healed them. Have you ever got any medicine from a doctor before? Mm-hmm. Well, if it was a tablet, you probably took it out and you swallowed it, right? If it was a lotion or a cream, you probably kind of applied it, right? Now, d- does that medicine help you if you leave it in its bottle or its jar? No. Or it must be applied, is that right? Yes. Must be applied. And he says, he's, what did he say? He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. God sent his word to heal them. What, what kind of a promise is that? I want to know, and I want to know how to apply it. Well, this bottle says take it two times a day. Take it, don't take it on an empty stomach. Take it with a meal. And most every medicine says, and take with a glass of water. So you say, well, that's, yeah. But that's the way you apply that. But this here, faith, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, faith comes by hearing. That's the way we apply the word. He sent his word to heal us. And faith comes by hearing the word. It produces faith. Faith rises up, and faith is what moves mountains. Faith is what brings about miracles. He said all things are possible to those who have faith, to those who believe. And so there's a lot of things we can do with our time, but a lot of things we can do with our time don't help us in any of those areas. But the Word of God helps us. It builds faith. It makes the impossible possible. Anyhow, let's move on. There's some surprising things here. In the Bible, and once you discover them, that changes our life. Revelations 5.10 says... And this is talking about Jesus. Jesus has done something to you, and and he's done something to me. And he has made us kings and priests to our God. Wow. Jesus has made... What did it say? Us. A what? Kings and priests. He has made you a king. You are royalty? That's what he said. He says you're a priest. Find out what it means. Find out how to access your kingly and your priestly responsibilities and blessings and promises. Find out how to act. Says those things. Listen to what he goes on to say in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Whereby? You got to read what it's there for. And then you pick up and it says, here in the midst of all this are given unto us exceeding. That's a big deal, exceeding. If, if someone made a deposit into your account and they made an exceeding deposit in your account, is that a good thing or a negative thing? A good thing. The more exceeding, the better probably, right? And it says here, are given unto us, whereby are given unto us exceeding great, exceeding great, exceeding great, and what's that word? Precious. Precious. Promises. Do you have anything that's precious to you? Maybe your, your wife? Maybe your husband? <laughs> Maybe your children? Or whatever. It's precious. But it says here, and whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these... By these promises, these great, exceeding great and precious promises... Ye might be partakers of the divine nature. So whatever Jesus could do, you can partake of his nature. Whatever Jesus did, you partake even of his royalty even of his priestliness. You can partake of his divine nature through the promises that God has given you. And as you access the promises, you partake of his divine nature. And what was available to Jesus is available to you. I tell you what, that just makes me want to jump up and down and holler hallelujah. Well, it's just like, you mean... That whatever Jesus did on this planet, because the Bible says he emptied himself out of all of his divine attributes. And what Jesus did was by the power of the Holy Spirit in him. And what Jesus did, we have access to what Jesus did. Did Jesus ever do any miraculous kind of stuff here? Yes. Is there other places in the Bible that says you can do those kind of things? Yes. Lots of places. You know, those are promises. You ever broke your promise? Yes. And quietness means yes. Well, I think I have found this to be true. If, if you're a person who lies, you suspect everybody else lies too. You, you really do. Because you think, well, everybody's like yes. And if you're a liar... You think that God is a liar too, and it's hard to believe his promises. But God has never lied. He is 100% true to everything he has promised to you. That's just the truth of it for those who are in, in Christ Jesus. Anyhow, it goes on to say here that these have been given to us, these exceeding great precious promises... That ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You mean we can also escape the corruption? Is there corruption in this world? Yeah. As you partake of God's Christ's nature, you can escape this corruption. Is there lustful things that's always attacking? 
whether it's on your cell phone, whether it's on your computer, whether it's on your TV, a movie, a book, a magazine, a billboard. There's all kinds of things that tempts you to lust, does it not? And he says we escape the corruption through partaking of his divine nature. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, And whatsoever is born of God... Whatsoever. Other translation says, Whosoever. A whatsoever or a whosoever. And we've heard the term, born again. See, if, if you've just been born of a natural parent, you know, just someone who lives in this world, but they don't know Christ, well, you were born. That's the way you get here. But if you've been born again, that means two times you're born. You're born of the Spirit. And you can access the promises of God. Let's read that. And whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. So if you've been born again, if you've been born of God, you overcome the world. The world is always trying to pull us down. The world is always trying to fill us with doubt and fear and worry and anger. Always. But it says if you've been born of God, you overcome the world. And this is the... What's it say there? And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. What overcomes the world? Our faith. And where does faith come from? Hearing. By hearing the promises. Faith comes by hearing the word. The word is a promise. I give you my word. That's a promise, right? You're making a promise. And God has given us his word. It's a promise. And faith comes by hearing his promises. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. His promises. His word is our faith. And the way you get faith is by hearing his promises. By reading his promises. By applying the promises. And the way you really apply them is you apply them to your ears. You apply them to your eyes to get them into your heart. That's how you get things into your life. By reading them. By hearing them. That's what we're talking about here. Colossians 1.14 says, In whom... Now, you got to understand this word whom. You, you could replace the word whom with him. Because that's who the whom is, is him. If you read this in its proper context, this is talking about Jesus in whom, in him... We have redemption. There again, think of that redemption center one more time. We have redemption. We've been freed. We've been bought back. In him, we have redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Because Jesus, he bled. He was beaten unbelievably before he went to the cross. He was beaten unbelievable. He shed tons of blood. And then he was nailed to a cross. And then he shed more blood. And what does it say here? Read that verse again. In whom we have redemption. We have redemption. We've been bought back. Through his blood. Through the blood of Jesus. Never did he ever sin, but he paid for your sins and my sins with his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. And that's how you and I receive this promise. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. I'm forgiven. Because he was forsaken. 
Has where does that song go? I'm accepted. He was condemned. I'm accepted, but he was condemned. Mm-hmm. How's the rest of it go? I'm alive and well. I'm alive and well. His spirit. his spirit lives within us. Because he died and rose again. Because he died. But what happened? He rose again. He rose again. That resurrection power is a promise to us all. Because of what Jesus did. That's absolutely astounding. That's absolutely marvelous. We're forgiven. We're empowered. As we diligently keep his word. And his word produces faith. As we diligently obey him. And we keep his commands. We keep his promises. And they build faith in us. We partake of his divine nature. We become so much like Christ. And we're partaking of his nature. Because we keep his word and his promises to us. Okay. What? Can I interrupt you for just a second? Sure. I haven't started yet. (laughs) What's God up to right now? What's God up to in you guys' life? I'm going to try to point to everybody. What's God up to? What's what's God up what's God up to in your life? What's he up to? No, wait a minute. I ain't gonna miss nobody. What's God what's God up to? I see y'all hiding back here. What's God up to in your life? What's God up to in your life? What's God up to in your life? And what's God up to in your life? Well I'll tell you what he's up to, since you ask. Listen to what he says here. And don't jump to a conclusion and think you understand it all. Sometimes you got to read the scripture as if it was your very first time. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Now wonder who is making this statement. Would you read the next three words? Says the Lord. Okay, let's read it again now. For I know the plans I have for you, says Uh-oh. the Lord. God says, you might not know the plans that God has for you, but he knows the plans he has for you. He, he knows that. This is what God is up to right now. In 2022, with all the craziness going on in our world, God has plans for you. You're created in his image. And he says here, I know, this is God speaking. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. Did you hear that part so far? We're not done yet. But the plans that God has for all of you, they are for good. The devil's always trying to whisper little thoughts in your mind, thinking that the plans going on is for bad. Something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. It's going to get worse. God's mad at you. I can tell you what, that's a life in the pits of hell. God ain't mad at not one of you. He loves you. It breaks his heart. He wants to forgive you. He wants to give you another chance. He wants to start all over. God's plans for you are good. 100%. And not for disaster. He says that his plans for you are good. And his plans are not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. To give you a future. And in case you're going, well, that's a bad future. No, it's not. He says in hope. Does anybody remember what the definition of hope is? What? I heard you. 
a confident expectation for the future. That's a promise from Almighty God. He says, the plans I have for you, they're good and not evil. And to give you a future, a confident, you know, the enemy of our soul will try to get us to, to believe a lie. But that's why when you read the promises and you study the promises and Holy Spirit will bring the promises back to our mind. He will bring them back to our mind and they produce faith as he brings them back to our mind. And, and, and as you're wearing the armor, does anybody know what's over here in the sheath? The sword. The sword of? The spirit. The spirit, which is? The word of God. There's a sword right there. Because when the liar comes, you've got to run him off. And you've got a shield, like the windshield, but better. The, 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 the shield of faith quenches all the lies, the fiery darts of the enemy. And that's what the Bible says. And you can quench all those fiery darts. The devil is a liar. Don't listen to him. The way we counteract those, those lies is with the promises of Almighty God. And I've got to read it one more time. <laughs> I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. And he's talking about each and every one of you. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future, a good future, and a hope, a confident expectation for your future. God's got plans for you. You're created in his image. The devil wants to spoil it. He don't want you to be a blessing. He wants you to be a curse. Jesus took the curse so you can receive all of his promises and all of the blessings. That's just the way it is. Luke chapter 10 verse 20 says, Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Another promise. The day that I prayed and asked Jesus in my life, the recording angel wrote my name in the book of life in heaven. He wrote my name there. God loves me. He's always wanted it to be there. But he wanted me to want it to be there. And I did. And I know it's here right now. My name is written in the book of life. Not because I deserve it, but because Jesus redeemed me from the curse of the law. He redeemed me from the curse. And I'm the seed of Abraham. And the blessings of Abraham and the blessings of Jesus Christ resurrected is my blessings and my promises. They become mine. I have become a partaker of his divine nature. Have you ever heard of somebody who had a double citizenship? I, I know some people who come to this church. And you'd know them if I told you who they were. They got a double citizenship. Here in USA and in another country. I'm not going to tell you that it's in Italy, but it's kind of like Italy. <laughs> Did I say it? Oh. Is that possible? Is that legal? Yes. The Bible says that you are citizens of heaven. Uses that word. You get a double citizenship. And the Bible says we are seated in heavenly places. And we can access our citizenship now. We're kings and we're priests. The Bible said so. It's a promise. And we need to access our citizenship and the benefits and the promises of Almighty God of heaven. They're ours. And your name's are written there if you're born again. And being born again is just welcoming Christ into your life. 
Jesus took all the curse so you could take all the blessings. And the devil wants you to have to pay for your sins. Now, wouldn't that be foolish if I went and I, I paid for a car for you and I bought it? And then you went to the dealer that was selling it and you paid him again? <laughs> Would that be foolish? Yes. It would be a waste. And if the people at the dealership told you to do that, they're liars. Well, Jesus paid for my sins and I don't have to pay for them. And there's a promise. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what he says. There's so many fantastic Wonderful, wonderful, fantastic promises. Ephesians 1.3, and you just were speaking about this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all. Oh, 100%. He has blessed us with, I, we, we should have them write a Bible, and when it says all, you just put the word 100% there. Don't you think? <laughs> so we understand what he's talking about. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. And we are seated in heaven. The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. Now. We got a double, you know, citizenship. Now. That's why we're a king and that's why we're a priest. Now. The Bible tells us this kinds of stuff. And, and, and we understand as we read about Abraham and all the other promises. And there are so many more you had not even read yet. But they're natural, they're, they're physical, they have to do with food and, and livestock and jobs and what you put your hand to. But he says, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Forgiveness is a spiritual blessing. To lay your hands on the sick first and they recover, that's a spiritual blessing. To be able to pray here and something happens in the other side of the planet or in another state, that's a spiritual blessing. To be able to share the good news with someone and all their sins disappear, their name is written in the book of life, and they're experiencing forgiveness, that's a spiritual blessing. And on 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 it goes. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says, For God is not unjust. No, he's not. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him. Have you ever worked for God? Mm -hmm. He ain't going to forget it. You might forget it, but he will never forget what you've done for him. It's all part of his plan. There ain't no accidents with God. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. You show your love for him by caring for other believers. That's what he's saying here. And you still do that. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts. As long as you live, keep loving other people and loving God by loving other people. In order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. You keep loving God and loving his people and what you hope for will come true. The Bible says if you delight yourself in God, he'll do what? You're 100% right. He will give you the desires of your heart. What your heart desires, God put in there. And if you delight in him, you take your pleasure in loving him and loving his people, he'll grant you the desires of your heart. That's what he promised. That is a promise of Almighty God. Access that promise. 
Delight yourself in him. He'll grant you the desires of your heart. Have you ever seen his blessings? Have you ever seen a promise come to pass in your life? Well, there's a whole lot more where that came from. That's just the truth of it. You know, uh, there's a word i got to tell you about. It's a very important word if you want to access the promises of God. Patience. Who said that? You get an extra blessing today, brother. You were smiling instead of frowning at me. He's like, come on, Pastor, I said. Yeah. Patience, because see, patience is evidence of what you said, Betty. Faith. If if you got faith, you will be patient, as Abraham was. If you got faith, if you're gonna plant a garden, you got some patience, don't you? Mm-hmm. Don't they even have some them flowers to remind you to be patient? They're called impatience. <laughs> impatience. Don't be impatient. You touch some little things and the seeds just go everywhere. Is that the right one? Think about this for a moment. It's patience is what a oyster does with an irritating grain of sand. Do you have any irritating friends? Don't look at them right now, though, okay? <laughs> Do that later. But don't look at them right now because they'll know you're thinking they're irritating. <laughs> I, was, I was just seeing if she was looking at me. <laughs> you ever have any irritating circumstances in your life? Yes. Be patient. And let the pearl be created. The oyster is patient. And that irritation grows into this awesome, beautiful, highly sought by people. A pearl. That's what I'm talking about. Verse 12 from Hebrews chapter 6 says, Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises. Inherit God's promises, but be patient and inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. And endurance is all inclusive of patience because of their what? Faith and endurance. Faith and endurance. You got faith? Any fisherman who has any expectation to catch a fish has to be patient. Any gardener who's going to eat them cucumbers and those squash and those tomatoes. It's got to be a little bit patient. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's not a negative thing. And so God can give the increase. So God can bring about the fulfillment of the promise for you. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what he's talking about here. You know. Reading that out of the Message Bible, verse 12 says, Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith. Are you dragging your feet? Don't drag your feet. Stay the course. You be like those who stay the course. Abraham stayed the course. 
He was delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed, but he stayed the course. Not one time, he says he was fully convinced what God promised he would do. Never, not even one time did Abraham ever waver in his faith toward God's promise. Not one time. Let's continue on here. Don't become impatient and faithless and then... Wait, I think I missed something here. Yes, you Don't did. drag your feet. Be Don't like, drag your feet. Don't be like those who stay the course. Wait. Dude, be, here, here, hold on a second. Why Let me read, read it. it. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 in the Message Bible. And let me just read it the way it was written. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course like Abraham was, like Joseph was, and on and on and on and on and on. Stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to you. Now, what percentage is everything? 100%. 100%. Don't drag your feet. Stay the course with committed faith. Committed faith that includes patience. And then get everything promised to them. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt. 100%. He backed it to the hilt. In a, in a knife blade, that's as far as the knife blade will go. To the hilt. He backed it 100% with his sword of the spirit. He backed it to the hilt. Putting his own reputation on the God line. put his reputation on these promises. God made the promises. And nowadays, we always say, or you hear someone say, well, you put that in writing. I get a vacation. I get a bonus. I get a this. I get, would you put that in writing? God put every promise in writing. He put it in writing because he intended you to read it and meditate on it and chew on it. It is true. Get to know it. It produces faith. It produces mountain-moving faith, life-changing faith. Devil, giant, slaying faith is what it does. And he put it in writing in the man or the woman who will take God's word to task and accept it and get it in their eyes and their ears and apply it to their life. They will see the transformation that God promised. Amen. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. You want me to read? You can't. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to start on page one again. Is that all right? And he said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. God said that. He said, I promise that I will bless you with everything. What percentage is that? 100%. God said that to you. And the devil comes up and lies to you and in induces you to other things of all kinds of lots where he said his promises will, will enable us to escape the corruption that's in this world through lots. God's given you promises to transform and to change your life. And as you read one day in the future somewhere along with David who slew Goliath and along with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who survived the fire and all the other men and women heroes of faith, your name will be there too. Oh, you got to understand, we're living in the Bible days. They were just like this. That, that they were men and women who believed the promises of Almighty God. And they didn't have many of the promises like you and I have. 
and we can apply them and believe them and cling to them and access them and partake of his divine nature and they'll all be to us. Let's go on. Let's read that as we go on again. Just read that one more time. He said, I promise. This is Hebrews 6 verse 14. I promise that I'll. In the Message Bible. Bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. That is amazing. And then what's verse 15 says? Abraham stuck it out. We're still talking about Abraham in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. That's what I'm talking about here. And Abraham stuck it out. He stayed the course. Excuse me, friend. Would you read that again? I'm sorry. Abraham stuck it out. He stayed the course. He waited patiently. (laughs) And got everything that had been promised to him. Everything. We've seen this a couple of different times. He got everything that God had promised him. And so many people in this day and time are are, are lured away with the, the lust and the temptations of the world. And they do not access everything that God wants to give them. But you can access it. It ain't going to be long. We're going to be in heaven and you're going to have been missed out on serving him and being listed with David and, 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 and Mary and, and Esther and Peter and, and Paul and John. And I'm not going to tell them that we're past our time, but we're almost done. Almost. Okay. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. Galatians 3.29. We read this one already, but we'll read another translation. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. The seed of Abraham. You are his heirs. And we read that early on in the service, that you're the seed of Abraham. And the blessings that was in Deuteronomy 28 to Abraham are poured out upon you. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. That's right. Romans 15 verse 4 says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. Here's a question. And just be honest with me. And you can be honest with me silently or you can be honest with me out loud if you want to. But according to your understanding, when it comes to things like this, about God's word, and when you read it or you hear it, are you teachable? Yes. Or are you a know-it-all? Do you like to argue with people? Are you teachable? He says right here. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. To teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. In us. We got hope, we got confident expectation of the future. Hope and faith. That's how things happen. A lot of people want to just sit around, well, I didn't have my dad, didn't have my dad, didn't have. Well, if you use a little bit of that energy in studying the promises and praying the word, you would see that God fulfills every promise he ever made. That's right. He does. Just because we not doing the part he told us to, how many times do we see that word? If you diligently you know, keep his commands. If you diligently observe and, and apply, it's like there's conditions to his promises being released in our lives. It's for you. It's for you. You know what? I used to think, I said, you know what? 
people could cheat at church if they wanted to. They could get ahead of me and they could start reading all the blessings and all the promises and they would know what I was going to say before I even preached my sermon. Now they'll be cheating. But I wish you would cheat. Read the, the promises. Read the blessings of Almighty God. What he has said. How to apply them. Apply them to your life. Get the goods. You got the manufacturer's handbook. You got it. Uh, let's move on. We're just about done here. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Hmm. Verse and five. you know what? It's better to be patient while you're driving down the road. Do you ever get impatient with other cars? Yeah. But it's better to be patient with all those cars as you're driving down the road Instead of fussing and cussing and fuming and going, it's better to be patient than to end up a patient in a hospital. God works it all together for good. He genuinely does. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other. With each other as is fitting for followers of Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord praise Jesus Praise and glory. Christ. Glory just means honor to God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, So do not throw away this confident trust. This confident faith. Your confident believing in all my... It says, do not throw away your confidence about the promises of God. He says, do not throw away this confident trust. In the Lord, remember the great reward it brings you. This trust, this faith in God, brings a great, great reward. Delight yourselves in the Lord. and He will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, you know what? We went over just a wee bit. But I'll tell you something, when you start reading the promises, you start reading about what the Bible says, you can get excited. You genuinely can. You can get excited because it's 100% true. God promised it. He put it in writing for you. You can go to him and you can ask him about it. And he sent Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all the truth. He sent Holy Spirit for that purpose. And then we become like a glove. Holy Spirit just puts his hand up inside of us. And we're led by the Spirit. And he has... It's another whole topic. Full control? For another time. Yes, it is. Patience. But you know what? You guys can cheat. Do you all have the manufacturer's handbook? Do it. <laughs> and if you don't, ask me. We'll give you one. But the best manufacturer's handbook you can get is right here. A telephone? No. You know what I'm talking about? U-version. U-version is the best. It absolutely is, guys. I don't know if you know that or not. But it is. Whoops. Chapter 11, Teaching About Prayer. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, 
Just as John taught his disciples. That, that ain't, I just happened to be on that particular verse. It will read the scripture to you. And I got dozens of translations. And hearing the scripture as you drive home or you can't go to sleep and you have it le- laying on your pillow and you upset your wife because she can't sleep because you're listening to the Bible. <laughs> I don't know who that ever happened to, but it could happen. <laughs> but it produces faith. It brings about a change. It is a worthwhile investment of your time because it changes things in your life and in your future. Genuinely. God's word is so powerful. His promises are so wonderful and so good. And we can't get no further. Can we? Not today. Not today because this is where we stopped to do the other services. Mm-hmm. Did we not? Although it is a worthwhile thing to do. Especially all them verses we read. Old Testament, New Testament, Deuteronomy 28, Galatians chapter 3. Amazing. Before we go. I'd like you to reaffirm your faith in Christ if you love him. If you want him in your life, let's just reaffirm it together. And then those who maybe be declaring their faith for the first time feel a little bit more comfortable about doing so. Here in this room and those who are watching online, would you pray with me out loud together? Can you pray? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe your promises are true. I believe your promises are true. I believe that Jesus took the curse. I believe that Jesus took the curse. So I can be blessed. So I can be blessed. I believe he gave his life on the cross. I believe he gave his life on the cross. And I believe he rose from the dead. And I believe he rose from the dead. And I opened the doors of my heart. And I opened the doors of my heart. And I welcome Jesus inside. And I welcome Jesus inside. In every area of my life. In every area of my life. I declare that Jesus is Savior. I declare that Jesus is Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.